0: Believe your gas buildup with Driller on Amigos, everything Amiga. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about Driller. Yeah. This
1: is Driller.
0: That's right. You know, we're back at it after a month off. We yeah. pre-taped a bunch of shows. They did great. And and for July was our greatest month on record. <laughs> yeah. No. It's amazing. <laughs> but you, you know, let's catch up a little bit. What yeah, what man. have you
1: done this past month? Well, let's see here. Of course, we kept the the ARG uh show going, so I did do the ARGs in the weekends, but I did have a lot more time. I went up to the camp a couple of times and spent uh, three or four days up there, uh, two separate times. That was a lot of fun. Hung out with the boy uh, a lot, you know, just hang out, doing stuff. Did a lot of work for the folks. My dad got a new outbuilding, so we got the we we cleared off property for the outbuilding. Then we installed the outbuilding. Then we filled the outbuilding with crap from his house. Yes,
0: that's we're what an outbuilding's a, for.
1: Yeah, we're still in the process of, of the crap dumping, you know. What sorts of things is this? Where some of those uh, cooling fans are going that, that Rob bought for the van? Oh, oh yeah, there's cooling fans boxes up. If you're interested, in get me one of those. Uh, lots of there's a, there's a giant robotic Santa Claus that got put in there. It's All funny right. because robotic robotic Santa Claus has been on Mom and Dad's porch for years, and I kept telling him it's like you know looks weird that you've got a robotic Santa Claus. I mean he's tall. He's tall. He's taller than Luke. and and, and I'm like why do you you had this robotic Santa Claus on your porch for years It's weird looking. My dad was like, "Yeah, okay." And so then he went and got this huge like plastic bag and and just pulled it over the top of Santa, so you can still see Santa through it. It looks like that. It looks like you're trying to kill Santa. So finally, Santa's been put out the pasture, and his body's been laid the rest of the outbuilding. But is he
0: going to make an appearance in, in in the
1: Christmas season, or is he just going to stay in the outbuilding? Well, let me tell you something. I ain't carrying him back up to the porch. I'll tell you that right now. You know, but I I also caught up on a little TV, which I don't get to watch that much. I watched Mm -hmm. a a bunch of Black Mirrors. I I actually watched a couple films, you know, in the house there. I've got Netflix. never use it. So I watched a couple movies on there. Uh, So, you know, got some stuff done. uh, Made some plans. I got some stuff coming up that'll be a lot of fun. uh, And, uh... Uh, of course we did wrestling uh last week which sort of like culminated our time off in in one big extravaganza. So I had a good time. Uh boat, what did you get up to? Uh you know, some
0: a lot of just laying around, being lazy. <laughs> uh enjoying the summer. Uh pretty much you know, I I don't know that I really did a lot of things differently, not doing the shows, but I will say that I was able to take some of the burden off the Brent because I made a lot of trips over the weekends when we were normally record. I went and competed in the uh, national karate uh, championships in Richmond oh, yeah. in the Eido division. Happy to say that I am a gold medalist and national champion.
1: Yes. Um, we wouldn't let you come w- back
0: on the show if you didn't take that medal home, brother, but that, you did. That's true. I, I downloaded the pictures that they took of me on the, on the podium today i'll not yeah. be sharing those they don't they didn't turn out well
1: <laughs> i don't look like Listen, a champion when you're the world champion or something you can look however you want you can look like the biggest geek in town who could stop you nobody um i do
0: uh we uh of course the big the biggest thing is that most of my days have been taken up with helping my wife eep has uh, opened a restaurant well she's in the process of opening a restaurant um, we, uh, we purchased the equipment for the old Thai, our food Thai Thai in Barbersville. The owners have absconded to Thailand and we have taken over. Uh, <laughs>
1: that sounds crooked. They didn't actually well, abscond, did they? There,
0: there was, there was some absconding. Yes. <laughs>
1: You know, that's that's not the first time I've heard a tale of a restaurant ending that way. restaurant. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not the yeah, first time that's happened.
0: it's happened. It's it's not an uncommon occurrence for your uh, ethnic restaurants to uh, suddenly close. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we we took over and everything's uh, by the book now. We're all we're all by the law. But I've been helping. You know, it's been interesting you don't think about all the things that you have to do everybody knows about you got to pass the health inspection and stuff like that but forming relationships with all your food vendors because there's a bunch of different food vendors setting up the point of sale system you know and getting that all set up and uh there's a lot that goes into it not to mention just the whole like remodeling of the restaurant in the way that you want it so uh I guess we should just jump right into sort of the big news is that uh, I'm going to be taking leave of some shows. Uh, Not Amigos. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. I will never leave Amigos. But uh, our other shows, the (laughs) the Atari ST show, R. Sinclair, and the Coco show. Uh, I have to step away because I'm going to be busy with, of course, uh, I mean, my my job uh, as a band director has its own sort of uh, alternative schedule, but above and beyond that, I'm going to be helping a lot at the restaurant, and also I have been accepted to uh, start the formation process for becoming a Roman Catholic permanent deacon for the Diocese of Wheeling, Charleston, which is a five-year formation process, which involves a lot of academic work, a lot of social work. And, um, so I, in preparation for that, I figured this was a good time as we're coming back off our break here to, uh, let somebody new take over the reins, Aaron, why don't you tell us about the plans for these shows going forward?
1: Well, you know, um, the last time when Bo- a couple of years ago, Boat stepped away for, uh, uh, from the shows and the shows just sort of went away. And me and the Brent tried to keep the shows sort of going. We put extra pieces on the wheel on ARG, and so and when Bo told me he was uh, had to had to go, I was like, "Well, uh, we've got two choices here." I was like, "I could either we could either just shutter the shows, or we could uh, we could keep them going." So I I was like, "Let me talk to the Brent and see what he thinks." So I talked to the Brent, and Brent actually came up with a very cunning plan, and that actually sort of works. It, actually, this helps everybody. Uh, In a lot of ways. Uh, So what we're going to do is, uh, the Brent is going to become the permanent full-time host of the Coco Show, R. Sinclair, and the Atari ST Show starting uh, on September 3rd. He'll be the new permanent host along with myself uh, on those shows. So what we're going to do is, uh, we're going to sort of integrate those shows into the ARG schedule. And the way it's going to work is, we're now going to tape ARG every other week. And in the uh, in the week in between, we're just going to record whatever is next in line for those shows. So, for example, on September 3rd, we're going to do an ARG. On the September 10th, we'll be doing a R. Sinclair. And then we'll do ARG again the next week, and then we'll do the Coco show. And the way this ends up working out is... Uh, you're going to get uh, two extra, uh, two extra editions of R. Sinclair. I think you're going to get. I think the other two shows. It's going to be six and six. They're going to start go like bi-monthly, and of course, ARG is going to go bi-weekly. So we'll do that every two weeks. The good thing is that means every Sunday, uh, we will be doing a show just like we always do, and it's just going to be either ARG or one of the other shows. That way, we can keep all the shows going. Uh, it actually helps me out a lot, because it's, uh, there were weeks where me and Bo would do three shows, plus I'd have to do ARG. It was just a lot, a lot of work. So, going forward, this, this is going to make it easier, and uh, it will be, uh, uh, I think it'll be fun. If I was talking to Bo earlier, we're lucky, you know, me and Brent play every sort of console and computer on ARG and so Brent's familiar with all these computers because it'll be, be, be easy just... for him to step right in because you yeah, guys be...
0: do tons of uh, you know Sinclair games and ST games and stuff. Yeah, so.
1: it'd be tough to just c- c- get somebody up the street and say, "Listen, I need you to come over to the arcade and do and talk about the Atari ST." Those people are just walking around Hurricane, if you know what I mean. No. So, but we're lucky that the Brent's there. Uh, so that's the way we're gonna do it. Um, nothing really should change. Uh, in terms of the selection committees, are gonna stay intact. Uh, and uh, you know, it's one of the situations where we're we're sort of doing the best we can. We play the hand we were dealt here. I think it'll work out well. You know, now listen, if uh, uh and listen, don't get me wrong, we love boat, uh, and uh, but Brent's a good guy. You know, all I can tell you is if if yeah uh, you, you have any questions about it or whatever, you can always drop me a note at argpresentsatmail dot com. Let us know your love, hate, disdain, whatever you want. Uh, but everything else, you pretty much uh, keep going as it already is. Boat. so we will just, you know we won't be picking the games. It'll be just like it was. ARG will just be like exactly the way it was. I think it'll be a lot of fun, uh, and it also gives us a little extra time to do more random streams i've been doing my friday night disaster streams now for the last couple weeks and it's been great it's nice to have the extra time uh and brent's gonna start getting in the game and brent's actually gonna take over production on some of these shows so i think the shows will have a different look uh but i think it'll be just as much fun i hope so that's how we're gonna play it boat what do you think i think it's gonna be great i think it's gonna
0: be better than it is now for almost every conceivable reason one Everybody knows ARG presents is the best show on the network. The chemistry oh, yeah. between two brothers is 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 a, is a bond that cannot be broken and cannot be approached. Oh god! So the uh, I'm super excited to see, especially what you know. Brent is a man of many talents. He has a uh, he has a lot of graphic design skills that he's honed through his years of working at the print shop. I'm excited to see what he does production-wise with the shows, what sort of wacky overlays he might come up with. Of course, you guys are probably going to rename. Are you going to rename any of the shows, or are they going to continue on with the same names? Oh, God, no. We're not going to rename
1: anything. Are you nuts? Um, Oh, no, hell no. We're not going to do any of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) No, God, no. At any
0: rate. I think it's going to be great. Uh, Of course, uh, for all uh, uh, you know, couple of you uh, 1200XL fans out there, I will still continue to host 1200XL on the bi- yearly basis that it is released. I did look back; we we released two 1200XLS last year.
1: (laughs) We should mention both that we are still going to also do Ask the Amigos every month. Oh yeah, we still do Ask the Amigos. And
0: also, you know, I'm still going to have Taze Valley Classic Computer Club. It's uh, the 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 main thing is the uh, just the the other ancillary shows that we would do immediately following Amigos uh, are going to move to Sunday. You really don't even have to think about it changing a whole lot, except it's just going to be a move to Sunday. And St and Coca are going to go by monthly instead of instead of month.
1: A lot of people have already told me that they that Sundays mornings are good because they're it's an earlier time. That's right. So if people, you're you know, if you're
0: in Europe. That's prime viewing time. Sundays yeah. at Sundays at ten is probably going to be in the early afternoon, where you're kicking back. So, I
1: should mention before we move on, uh, for our, for our, the people that follow us on Patreon or, or Twitch subscribers or whatever, you know, um, we we love you guys for helping us out. You've always been with us there, and I understand if maybe you don't like the direction things are going, you want to make a change. Well, that's I'm, there's no hurt feelings. We're gonna, we're, but uh, I would, uh, I would hope that uh, you will keep with us. Let us uh, see how this goes, and uh, hopefully, uh, boat, we'll be able to sort of like pick up the baton here and r- at least, I'm not gonna say run, but sort of stagger forward in a comical way.
0: I love it. I love it. And with that, Aaron, let's talk driller.
1: Let's talk Driller Boat. You know, I would I'd love to play the love theme from Driller Boat, but there is no <laughs> love theme. Driller hates you and everyone you love. I was just talking to Boat before we went on the air. Uh, the C64 version just has kind of a, a really cool theme, you know, but we don't get that theme. Doesn't appear in the uh, in the Amiga version of this. So, Boat, it's Driller, or if you're in the states, you may know this as uh, by its other name, Space Station Oblivion Boat. Now, Aaron, which name speaks to you more? Which one do you think? Boat? It's not Driller. <laughs> it's Space Station Oblivion. I, I really that that feel cool like name.
0: I really feel like Space Station Oblivion at least gives you some idea of what you're in for when you pick up this game. Yeah. Driller, you don't know if it's if it's <laughs> if it's some sort of a Custer's Revenge sequel. What? Well. You don't know if it is a if if it's a, you know a mining simulator and the likes of oil's well.
1: I was thinking uh, it, Japanese puzzle game. That's the, yeah, that's the first thing I thought It's of. just, yeah, like Mr. Driller, right? That's right, that's right. So, uh, Driller uh, published uh, and released in 1988 by Micro Status or Status, if you will. Who also did the Dark Side Total Eclipse. Now, this was developed, Boat. You know, it's funny, now, we actually, for once, we're ahead of the curve here, Boat. This was developed by Incentive Software. We talked about them a while back, uh, when we looked at uh, Castle Master, all yes. right, this is another one of the this is another one of the games in that series. Uh, they worked on uh, 3D Construction Set One and Two, of course, both the Castle Masters, uh, Dark Side, Dragon Slayer, Total Eclipse, and VR Studio Two. So these guys uh, were well versed in this sort of thing. Now they and they developed a system, uh, basically called FreeScape. All right, let's we'll just get into it. the development of this. Freescape was their sort of engine that lets you have solid three-dimensional landscapes uh, that you can, uh, you know, that you can walk around freely. Uh, in in 2023, you're like, eh, you know. But in 1988, on one of these computers, you, you're like, whoa, that's a pretty big deal, wouldn't you say, Boat? Listen, in 1988...
0: 1988- yeah. There was nothing else like the FreeScape engine. I mean, the only thing that you had sort of that approached it were, were arcade games that were sort of like Battlezone, you know, where you had uh, vector-like images that would make different different objects and stuff. But those were those were just wireframe. Number one, number two, they were only in the arcade, and number three, they weren't. Uh, you didn't have a y-axis. You couldn't look up and look down like you can with the FreeScape engine.
1: It's very. It's it is just. Uh... On the basis of what it does. It's very impressive. You can see why these guys were behind uh, Virtual Reality Studio 2 and uh, 3D Construction Kit. That was their bread and butter. And one would wonder if these were tools that they used in the making of these games. I'd wager they were. were I think that's a pretty good assumption, yeah. Um, This was uh, coded up by Paul Gregory, who worked on pretty much all the games we mentioned earlier. And he also worked on the I'm Scared to Play It, But It Still Exists, Switchblade 2. Uh, but he also worked on Venus, the Fly Trap. Remember that one? Yeah, that wasn't uh, that bad. Yeah, That's pretty good. He worked on uh, Top Gear too. So he did. He did some stuff, but he did a lot of stuff uh, with incentive with this uh, with this engine. Uh, the graphics were done by Sean Ellis again. Same same stuff. The uh, the aforementioned stuff. Castle Master one and two. Uh, I want to mention this, I don't normally, but the music on this, such as it is, I'm sure it's buried in there somewhere, boat. The guy that did it is named Wally Beeben. And I'm sure I mentioned this before, but one of the things he did amongst his. Uh Amongst his other credits, including Elite and Pool of Radiance, he did Do Run Run sound, apparently. So there you go. <laughs> if there's one guy that did Do Run Run's noise. If you liked it. Wow. Um, you only need one guy, really. You only need the one guy. You didn't need any guy to do this one. <laughs> um, this is an OCS game. Ponder that, if you will. One disc. Another one-disc-one to their boat. Mm -hmm. And before we get too far into it, this game, it didn't just show up on uh, the Amiga. It showed up on a whole host of machines that were much slower and and, uh, less able than the Amiga and was a star on a lot of these, uh, including the Amstrad, where it was, like, highly uh, thought of. Uh, boat, the uh, Atari ST, the C64, where it was also highly thought of, the Enterprise 64, the ZX, you know, so, and also DOS. So, I mean, you got to think you're pushing this out in the ZX. You know, but I believe Castlemaster was out on both those machines too. So yeah, I mean, I think you're clearly right. the engine he put together—I guess it just—I mean, as I recall, it would just run a little bit slower. Well, the the way I
0: see it is, it's was sort of a stunt car racer esque engine where you yeah. have the bones of it. It just runs at faster or slower speeds depending on the machine.
1: Uh, the uh, the people that made this just to get really precise. Uh, it was in was uh, incentives in house development team called Major Developments. That's what they call themselves in there, uh, and they're the ty- the the series that this is a part of includes Dark Side Total Clips, Castle Master One and Two and the Crypt. Okay, so there you go. Um, so let's talk about this game boat before we get into the backstory, which I've got a story about the backstory. What are you Ooh. when this thing boots up? I mean, I we've been around the block boat on Amigas. We've played a lot of games that were sort of like this. How did this strike you when you popped it in, loaded her up? It was exactly like I thought it would be.
0: No in-game instructions, no sort of pointers to like what should you do first? You just basically you're in this you're in this environment and it's your job to negotiate your way through it, and negotiating mostly in this game just means shooting crap. Uh, and so
1: uh, I blundered about for a while shooting crap that's how I (laughs) approached this game so you know me and Boat are big fans of the novella when it comes to gaming and by big fans I (laughs) I mean we never read them but this thing when I started looking at the instructions because this is one where it's like I gotta have the instructions for this bad boy so I picked it up and I start reading from page one and I'm like I read the first line I'm like oh here we go
0: (laughs) And this is like, a
1: novella. This is a like,
0: full-on novel. It's, it's like, like freaking War and Peace. Well, it's like it thirty is, page, twenty-five I've got it printed pages right here. You print this the whole is it thing.
1: Right but we'll now we,
0: read from the <laughs> three quarters, <laughs> a full three quarters of the manual is uh, is the is the novel. Uh, the it, it is the 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 this, the uh, it is the majority the vast majority of the text in the in the in the instruction book is just the story of the game it's the first uh 23 pages yeah. i think yeah uh and uh and then you, the rest of the pages they do explain what the different parts of the console are and things but they don't actually tell you like here's some hints on how to get started they basically tell you yeah this is a trial and error game uh, you, you they're not do the wrong. Best you can.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this seems to be a trend with the, with the, with this uh, particular batch of games. So, listen, i am even the summary of this, of the backstory of this is too long, so I'm going to hit the very, very high points, okay? Okay. Uh, so in the future, Earth is jacked up, okay? We need to find a new home, and they found one, okay? And it has two moons, all right? So, anyways, long story short, because there's a whole no no no. I'm going to go through this thing because I read it and everybody You're going to okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. It. Go ahead. You take it over from there.
0: Okay, so there we re we recolonize a planet that is so far away that the people that get there on the ship they were babies when they so they've never they've never they've only known life on earth from their parents who raised them and then died on the way over there okay these people are called the elders and then a new generation grows up and guess what they don't respect their elders yeah hey okay? man it's, nothing changes boat that's right so the elders clamp down and they start excommunicating people exiling people to uh, one of the moons, and it's an Australia situation. They just out of sight, out of mind. Well, your job is to uh, go on this, uh, on one of these planets, and, or one of these moons, and you gotta, you gotta get this gas. This gas is really important.
1: Well, no, it's uh, gonna blow
0: got... up. It's gonna blow up the planet if you don't, if
1: you don't drill into
0: it. Right, right. And you, there's also these energy crystals. Okay. Yeah. None of this. And, the, and that was the very the it goes into I think the main character's name is Leslie, but it's one yeah. of those dude Leslies. Yeah. Um. And so this is none of what I it, it's infuriating to me. What
1: when what? I read
0: when I read when I go through the trouble to to spend an hour reading this novel. Yeah. And then I start playing the game and there's nothing, there's nothing in the novel that relates to what is going on in the game. It's like. We could have spent time, you know, making the game a little bit easier to jump into. We could have put some in-game text to kind of point people toward the right direction to complete the first couple missions. No, no. We're going to spend our time writing this novel because we we feel like we were not respected in high school English class. Our talent has gone to pasture. We need to make sure people know that we know how to write. That's what I feel like went on in this game.
1: Well... (laughs) I mean, the story is... It, it, you're right. You, the story doesn't help you in the game. There, I'll give you that. And a lot of it's like... I mean, at the end of the day, your guy takes the job to do this. But not really because it will save the planet. Because if this planet blows up because of the gas pressure, it'll blow up the other planet. Okay? But it's also sort of like he's trying to get it, put it, make himself... Uh, really advance in his career to go up the there. <laughs> that's part of it. He wants to. So this he gets this job completed. He'll be promoted to some crazy promotion. So there's also that. I, yeah, the backstory. I I read I, I read some of it. Then I started skimming through it, uh, and then I gave you didn't up. miss anything. Yeah. So, but but I mean you know hey I do admire I always admire when people have enough creative. They need to create an outlet. Maybe the guy this is the backstory, is the backstory. I have a feeling when they made this game, this backstory was in their head. It just didn't now, translate onto the screen. I know you don't sure. think that. I mean, I, I think it's important
0: to have a purpose behind what you're doing. Yeah. You just you don't have to when you make a video game, you should work on making a video game. You know, you shouldn't work on writing a novel. There's people that can do that way better than you. Your talent is making video games. You made the freaking Freescape Engine, okay? <laughs> Stephen King's not making the Freescape Engine. He's doing what he does best. You do what
1: you do best. You can do both, though. I, I can I don't I, think you can. I, wait, wait a second. Before we move off the backstory. Okay, you, the backstory doesn't help you in the game. Did you find it well-written or interesting? I found it...
0: It was competently written. It was written with someone, someone who wrote the backstory, English yeah. was their first language. Which doesn't okay. happen with all the novellas.
1: So so you're saying a, a slightly above pedestrian. Sure, I'll, I'll, absolutely. I'll that. Now let's get into the actual gameplay itself. You are in a, 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 an excavation probe, it's called, okay? It's very. It looks like my big tracks, if you ever had one of those. It's got tracks yeah. on the side. Very big tracks-like. It can also slightly rise. I mean, like, you could, it's, you know, it could jack up. then fly. It just kind of, you know, brr, jacks up. Yeah. It's like me. Uh, I can jack up. Is that what, <laughs> you're pre-jacked, Boat. So, <laughs> um, that's why you're the medal winner. So, as you go, you have to go through, and get this. I've got to talk about this. The moon that you're going to has 18 regions. It's in the shape of a, I'm going to try to pronounce it. It's a rhombocuboma. Stage run, okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty okay. good. To get this though, when you bought this game, they had a gimmick you could cut out, right? And it had like a map of all 18 segments. But if you if you folded it, you could create the shape and hold that's it in your coo- hand. That's
0: the coolest part of this game.
1: Yeah, okay, that's pretty the good. 3D bro. map you can cut out just like the back of a cereal box. Yeah, and, and form a 3D object with it. I think that's pretty sweet. That uh, is cool. But, I'll although give it that should I that should give you, that. you, you know, some games give you a sticker, maybe a T-shirt. When one comes with a rombakubo katadra or whatever, you know you're screwed. It's too hard for you. You know that should come with like Math Lab or something. That's what that should come with. So the gimmick here is, and both sort of mentioned, you got to clear these zones. So how do you do that? you in your little in your thing. You've got to go over and find areas where you need to drill, and then you need to drill there. And then you also once you relieve that pressure in that area, you also need to collect uh, these crystals. Now, here's the here's the funny thing about this game: on the first zone, uh, when when you get to a point where you're supposed to drill, they someone has painted a huge X right there. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, this isn't too bad. But apparently, that's the only place in the game that that sort of happens. Most right. of the time, you sort of have to just kind of figure it out. Well, Somehow. yeah, because
0: what you, what you do is when you drill, it's it's a real weird thing the way the documentation describes it. What you do is you call the uh, you call the 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 home planet or a space station. You call some offshore deal, okay? Yeah, and they teleport the the rig, a full size oil rig. They just teleport it right there. Okay, yeah. and that leads you to believe. Why aren't you just flying around this thing, just teleporting these things in? It's the whole like, why didn't
1: the Eagles take Salmon Frodo to the mountain to begin with? You know what are yeah. we doing here? Well, we don't we don't ask those questions, Boat. So you are at you have like a uh, a view from inside the uh, the driller, okay, and you are faced with, of course, you've got a <clears throat> sort of the most of the upper two thirds of the screen, or maybe. Almost almost half, I guess, would be the, the actual view that you've got. Mm-hmm. And then the other parts of the screen have about a million different things on them. I'm not going to go over every one of these things, but they've got a handy chart inside the, uh, inside the actual uh, uh, book. Although I found that the book chart didn't actually exactly meet the same standards as the other chart. That's because you can flip through different, like, viewings of the screen. Right. But there's a lot of crap going on. Uh, uh, but- well
0: essentially essentially what you have is you have a readout of how fast you're going, what angle your view is pointed at. And then you have controls because with this game you can either control it with the keyboard or you can control with the mouse by clicking on arrows that will either uh, move you around or move your your viewing
1: angle up or, or down. Or joystick, joystick also works. Joystick also works. Yeah, but you have to you you have to use the joystick and the mouse. You know you have to or the keyboard and the mouse. You've got both hands full here, brother. You do. That's for sure. And so uh, this handy dandy uh, non-brief control—it's like flying a plane. There's crap everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and and warning messages, and a time ticking away thing. So, I'm going to tell you, in real time, how my, get my game went, my first game. I got in the tank, I drove the tank around, the tank moves at what I would... If you play this on, like, I played this on the Mr. Boat, Okay. And then I also played it on uh, Amiga Forever's uh, package because I wanted to see what it would run like on, let say, a 500 or whatever, right? And there's a decided speed difference on the slower machine. Newsflash: slower machine makes game slower. Boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I would call the movement okay. I would call the movement on a faster machine much better. Okay, I mean it's it's quite playable on a on a O20, for example. Yeah,
0: and the, and this is the type of game. Where, if everything is moving slowly, it's not. I mean, this isn't like Wing Commander on the A five hundred. No, it's, it's not. Be, it's it's not a horrible experience. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. I'm glad you mentioned that, because I don't want to undersell. the Yeah, it moves pretty well, and if you consider what you're looking at, it moves extremely well. Especially a game with that. You gotta think there's no FPU or anything going on. This is all done, you know, on the fly. So. Uh, the game, like Boat says, it sort of just plops you down and says, Good luck, sucker. Now, when you roll through these vast areas, you're going to come through these huge doors and archways, and occasionally you'll run into stuff that's shooting at you. It's because the planet's defenses are on and they don't want you there. Uh, And so they'll try to shoot you. And so you can actually use the mouse to move the reticle up and down to, you know, so you're thinking fire, uh, you know, from different levels, which is nice. I found the uh, scrolling and the uh, action of the tank and the action of the reticle pretty good. I thought that was pretty decent. What what, what did you think of the combat, yeah. Yeah.
0: I thought it was Uh, great. You can control your movement speed. They actually call it walking speed in the manual, which is weird Um, but you, I mean, the, even though there are a lot of different controls, I was able to sort of, you know, spider my hands across the keyboard and make my way around pretty okay. Pretty okay. Where it all fell apart was when stuff starts firing at you. This is one of the main faults of the game. Normally, if you're playing a game and you're fired upon by something off screen, there will be some sort of clue as to what direction it's coming from. Like maybe like part of the screen will light up where the, the enemy is. In this game, you don't get that. And so in this game, when you're being fired upon, you're spinning around like a crazy person trying to find what is what is causing you pain. Uh, unfortunately, everything in this game is a geometrical object, and so and 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 sometimes things will look like they're good things, and it turns out they're not. You really have to be looking right at where the source of the laser gun or whatever is firing on you is looking to be able to see. And there is sort of a a visual display of this thing firing, but when everything's a triangle or everything's a square, it's really difficult to figure out what you need to shoot.
1: Yeah. Now. I, but I will say, there are things that I do like. I like the visual of the stuff shooting at you and being shot. It's kind of cool. They kind of make it sort of 3D looking, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I like, like that. we're looking at right now. Right. Uh, if you played Castle Master before, which we played... This has a very similar feel, uh, and which it would. But the, I do like, like for example, your tank and this. They've got certain puzzles. Like for example, certain things you shoot will will blow up; they're gone. Certain things you shoot will. Uh, trigger stuff. Like, you can open and close a door by shooting stuff. There's a bit some where Some you... things, yeah.
0: Some things you have to shoot in a correct order. Like, yeah. you shoot something, it'll reappear somewhere else, and you, you have to kind of... There's sort of logic puzzles that are in this game that are all dependent on how and when you shoot objects.
1: Yeah. There's also places where you can, like, shoot stuff and they'll fall over, and you can, mm-hmm. like, drive over it. Now, uh... I'm going to be totally upfront and honest here. I played this game, I had plenty of time to play this game this week and sat down with it many times. And I found it to be a very frustrating game. And the reason I was frustrated is because I had no idea what, in God's name, I was doing. I knew I could put the drill down, but I had all kinds of trouble just navigating through the scenes and figuring out what was happening. You're right. There were a cut. There's a room you go in on the very first level where, like, the second you go in, you're getting shot, and you have no, like you said, you've got no idea where it's coming from. It's irritating, you know. The 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 uh, landscape in this is sort of bleak. It's not all that difficult to just roll your tank off the edge of of the into oblivion, or get your tank rolling off the edge into like a, a crevasse or whatever. Game over. Anytime you do that, you're done, you know. I, I had trouble getting anywhere, boat, and I, so when I looked around online to get some help on the Amiga version, there are there are very few people that have put anything up about this game. We looked on the reviews when we started; like no, there were no takers. This doesn't seem like a game that gets a lot of action in 2023, uh, and I wonder if that's because it's so basic looking. The sad thing is, a game that looks like this—I mean, it was a was a revelation in in '88. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Maybe some people. You think people have trouble going back to these sorts of games in twenty twenty three? Oh, absolutely. Because
0: uh, this game, I mean, it's there are some games that age well and some games that don't. And this, especially when you think about Castle Master, which was released soon after this game, it improved so many things about this engine. This is almost like a tech demo. You know, uh, yeah. the, the 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 concepts behind this game. Are so simple. I mean, you're essentially shooting things, or you're placing you're placing the the uh, the, the rig. That's all yeah. you're doing. There are some things that would have saved this game for me. One is if they would have included an overhead radar type map, uh, yes. where you oh, could see like where you were zone. positioned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two is if they would have provided just a little bit more. Um, a little bit more feedback on where exactly you were supposed to place the 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 rig i honestly believe that you just basically have to place the rig in random places until you find the place where it can pick up the most gas i would have liked to have seen maybe an audio cue like if you're working with like a like a metal detector how it'll start to ping as you get closer or something like that yeah And then also it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world to differentiate, to actually split up these levels a little bit in some way. I know that they wanted to show off this like sort of self-contained full world that you could go anywhere and do anything, Yeah. but it would have been better, I think, at least in the beginning. Is like okay. Here's an example of a puzzle. All right. This is what you got to do to solve the puzzle and make it super, de- you know, dumb guy easy to at least let you become familiar with the controls. Here's a here's a dummy target that you should shoot. You know, instead of just having you roll into that room and all of a sudden you're dead because there's something firing on you and you don't even know what it is. Yeah. Um. And these are easy things that they could have done that wouldn't be out of place for 1988. I mean, there were games that had overhead radar in 1988. So.
1: You know, I want to before I before we roll on to reviews and whatnot. I want to talk about the designer of this because he obviously did the programming on the Amiga. Because I was looking when I was reading the, doing the research for this, uh, according to everything I read, this the conversion this was based on the Amstrad and Spectrum versions. All right, so really? this, this might be one of those instances where they. Uh, they basically under it w- that made the game sort of underwhelming on a machine that could have done more. Okay, right. and I think this uh, I think this might be one of those instances. Again, we've got a game that it's sparse. Did it have to be this sparse? We play other games that had a little more to look at and a little more action than this does, and maybe ran a smidge better. The actual the original designer of the whole uh, kitten caboodle was a guy named Ian Andrew boat he -hmm. also was the guy that actually founded uh he founded uh in uh in the uh the incentive software company that was his baby and so i think when you look at a game like driller in 2023 if you if we were to look at this on like the amstrad i mean when i was looking this over amstrad the 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 trivia for this game and this game is like what named one of the all-time great amstrad games that won all kinds of awards and stuff like, and I'm sure on those ga- on those machines, this was a real, you know, eye popper. Well, the, on the you on know, the Amiga, it's not as eye popping to me, you know. Yeah. And when you're not dazzled by the technique and the technology, it then it's not as impressive. Does that make any sense to you?
0: That explanation really clears up a lot because if this was developed for the Amstrad, yeah, just sort of like how Elite was developed for the BBC Micro. Um. Then I can definitely understand the shortcomings on the Amiga version a lot more. Yeah. Um, because and I it mean, was this out in eighty seven
1: really, for for those yeah. machines. The, the, yeah. The this 8-bit. really
0: would have pushed the Amstrad to its its limits, and so it's just a shame that when they upscaled it to the sixteen bit machines, uh, they didn't they didn't really make huge attempts to uh,
1: to add any quality of life improvements. Yeah, and just reading uh, when I was looking this over. Uh, before the show, they mentioned that one of the things that having more memory to play with and whatnot gave them the ability to have uh, uh, more dashboard graphics, more sampled sound, stuff like that, more, and make it run faster. But, I mean, really, what we're looking at is an 8-bit game that's been slightly jacked up for a 16-bit right. machine. Right. Now, I I know this game is sort of beloved by some people, and so I'm not going to kill it. Uh, I had trouble getting into it. I had trouble getting anywhere in it. I, I'm not going to play it again, if I'm honest. But the bones are here to to really put something together that could have been fun. We've never looked at Castle Master 2 or any of the other games in the series. And I'm wondering if somewhere down the line, if they had a chance to perfect these and really make them pop. That there might be a real gem amongst the, uh, you know, the future games in this series.
0: Well, even just the jump between Driller and Castle Master is vast. Yeah, I mean, it Castle is. Castle Master, you could actually roll around and have some fun. Uh, this game, the the fun is is not really to be had, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm I, I listen. I'm not gonna disagree with you, but uh, and then just to kind of pound the point home, we took a look at the C64 version of this. <clears throat> The C64 version crushes the Amiga in terms of music. It has some. (laughs) Uh, And it doesn't run, as as you can tell if you're watching at home, Uh, the uh, the Amiga version runs at a much better clip, obviously. Uh, The C64 version I would call painfully slow.
0: Right? Yeah, well, it's it's really a frame by frame. It's almost like a dungeon crawl type yeah. speed where you're going just scene by scene. There's no illusion of moving around like there is in the
1: Amiga version. But, you know, and I, we've talked about this before on this show. When I was a, a young Aaron, and if you had laid this game in front of me, it would have blown my mind because the idea of a free-roaming exploration of a 3D world, like, I can't conceive of that Sure. at that age it was I would, I would have been stunned and the and the speed wouldn't have been an issue because of because at that point you could do so much absolutely but, I, I, know, I I agree with you hundred percent I do like the concept of keeping a a, a a planet from blowing up by by uh you know drilling holes in it to relieve some of the gas tension out and some of that stuff's kind of neat you know uh I think uh I would like to had something a little more I don't know I guess just fun. I guess it's just it. I think yeah. the fun factor wasn't there, uh, both. Yeah, that's um, that's exactly right. Not to belabor the issue. So I looked to to see how this did with our, you know, because again, this was this is very popular in the eight bits. not so popular uh, with the readers of Lemon, who just simply gave it a seven, a straight up seven. Uh, the uh, people over at Ace gave it uh, a a very good score, nine hundred sixty three. Uh, Amiga format, 88, uh, um, the one gave it a, uh, 65, or, yeah, 65, not as
0: popular. That's gotta so be the, a re-release, uh, review, cause I don't think No, November, 88.
1: Oh, uh, okay. November, 88, and the average okay. magazine rating, 73%. I would say, I would call this more of a, again, this is the kind of game I hate to score. That's why we don't do scores, because it's not fair to give this a score in 2023. Like in in 1988, this would have blown my mind. Now it doesn't. It didn't age well, uh, frankly. In in 2023, so that's my opinion. But I don't think we got any discord here. I'm going to have a quick look. No, I don't uh, think but, we did. Yeah, we did not. I did look this up on eBay uh, to close it down. <clears throat> uh, these are available, boats. Uh, if you want one complete in box, the non-budget release, I saw them go for 25 uh, bucks over in the UK, and the Kicks release, the budget release, uh, was uh, 16 16 bucks. Any parting shots on Driller Boat? Uh, if you want a free roaming adventure uh, in the in the
0: FreeScape uh, engine, uh, you should play any other game except for Driller.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you want to have a cursory glance, but I would probably at least move up to Castle Master.
0: Welcome to Retro Rewind. I'm your host, British Jones. Whether you enter the Amiga, Commodore 64, or Tiger Floral print speed suits, Retro Rewind has all you need from the friendly hosers of the great White north. Looking to upgrade your Amiga? Check out the Amiga OS 3.2.2 Kickstart ROM for just $18. Or maybe you need a C64 or C128 Diagnostic Harness. Grab one. Wow, they're hot. Don't miss our best sellers like the 1541 transit card for just one dollar, or the incredible Amiga Coin Cell Battery Adapter. Shop now at Retro Rewind Limited and bring your classic computers back to life. Retro Rewind Limited. Frank's the man.
1: (laughs) Amiga News. I've missed British, British Jones. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Aaron, you know, we've been
0: away a long time. we got quite a bit of news to go over here. So uh, we're going to start with a, uh, a video from our friend Chris Edwards. He's talking about a new piece of hardware. This is the uh, Zulu SCSI RP2040. Uh, this is a, uh, I, I guess it's some sort of hard drive
1: interface. I believe Uh, this might be a SCSI to like uh uh like card adapter, if I'm not mistaken. Don't hold me to that.
0: SCSI to SD it looks like. Uh so if you are into this, and I did I watched a little bit of this, but to be honest with you, this is uh he posted this on July fifth and I can't remember anything about it. But yeah, if if the idea of a new SCSI SD uh hard drive interface appeals to you then uh, check out Chris Edwards' Restoration on YouTube.
1: You know, those those SCSI adapters that for SD cards, they were pretty expensive when they first came out. Because, believe it or not, I got an Amiga over here with a SCSI interface. I was like, I'm not buying a SCSI hard drive from this sucker. I'm going to go get me one of these. They were too pricey. But these are, mm. these are a lot more reasonable. So maybe it's in the cards one of these days if I get less lazy boat. We got a new
0: issue of Amiga Addict has just been released, uh, and man, this is a uh, is a a uh, action packed uh, issue here with a the Lotus uh, right there on the cover with the magnetic fields uh, license plate. Uh, just a couple a couple stories that are going to be here. Uh, you've got um, Ian Sell from the uh, Northwest Amiga Group in England gives us the lowdown on what it's like to make an entry for a game jam. Reviews of new games, The uh, reviews for Cyberpunk's 2, Secondoid, and Flappadiddle. Um, Paul, th- <laughs> this name. is going to be a big hit with this crowd. Paul uh, tells us why he dumped his SNES and bought an Amiga instead back in the 90s. I'm going to say nice. because he was dumb.
1: Uh, <laughs> Rabbi de- delves deeper
0: into the history of failed Amiga system, the Boxer. I'm going to have to check that out. I've never heard of the boxer before. I haven't heard either. One, I've never,
1: no, I don't know what that is. The yeah, boxer. Yeah. So
0: listen, uh,
1: Amiga Addict is
0: always jam packed full of wall to wall contact. Uh, we love those guys. Most of those guys support this show. And of course, Amiga Addict is a sponsor. So we, uh, and hey, it's possible, Aaron, in a future episode coming to a mailbox near
1: you, there might be a special feature about you and I. That would be that would be special. By the way, check out the cover of this magazine. That's one cool cover. The car—it's coming right at you. The magnetic fields mobile. It's in, it's got the dust flying off, but of, that's cool, man. That's the way you do it, doing, brother.
0: Now we're gonna go from something you like to something you hate. <laughs> Hall of Light has uh, totally revamped its website. Now, Aaron, you and I both use Hall of Light a lot as we're doing research for uh, yeah. the games on this show. Uh, it is a uh, it's a it's it's a resource that we can't do without because they have so many manual scans, have so many magazine reviews. Uh, they're really a great resource, but they've turned their their GUI around. Aaron, what do
1: you think about it? You know, it's funny because uh, before the show, we were talking that uh, Moby had done a similar like I don't know what you call it or, or uh, a change in their format or whatever, and I hate what they did. Hate. I'm not as hate-filled about what Hall of Light did, but it's not... I, it's okay. I mean, it's not my... I, I got used to the old site, and I, and so I, I just liked it better. I liked the way it was laid out better. But that much said, uh, this is okay. Uh, you know, you're, it's... The one thing is, there. The, all the information is still there. Uh, and you're right. If it wasn't for sites like uh, Lemon... And Hall of Light, uh, we would be triple boned. Uh, and Moby to a lesser degree, because uh, I use those sites for information all the time. I think everyone that does any sort of uh, YouTube show or podcast about gaming has at least touched on those sites a couple times every show. So, congratulations. Hey, at least they're in there, they're in there doing something. We you know they're still giving this thing some attention. It's funny, not, I don't even know who does Hall of Light, where they live. I don't know anything about the people that make either. it, do you? You look at, i'm gonna look into that sometime i might be kind of a fun thing to do but yeah, yeah. all the light, give them a shot at you might like it i mean maybe maybe your cup of tea uh
0: aaron if your cup of tea is a next generation amiga uh like the x5000 that level lord always brings to bootfest yeah uh, you're in luck because uh, the a1222 plus machine the production is underway the A1222 Plus, I believe, is designed to be a compact version of the X5000 that is a little bit more affordable, uh, and uh, it has been in the works for literally years. People have been talking about this thing for a long, long time. Uh, of course, with the chip shortage, uh, various world events that have gone on in the past couple of years, it's been tough. On everybody trying to produce new hardware, but yeah, Trevor has. Dickinson, who is funding the manufacturing run on behalf of Aeon Technology, uh, has announced that this thing is getting ready to uh, to come to market. Uh, you, uh, he says that customers who committed to Aeon's early adopter scheme will have first the way, the way he calls it a scheme is somewhat unsettling. <laughs> uh, will have first choice of refusal after which orders will be accepted on a first come first served basis. Oh, man. So lots more coming up on the next gen amigas i know some people love these these computers they're really uh like the neat machines yeah they're they're neat hobbyist machines they're super powerful uh it truly is a next generation amiga so uh you can check out all the latest news at
1: a1222plus.com you know uh just to the- I, you know, one thing I enjoy doing is talking about stuff that I've got no idea what I'm talking about. And so this, that won't stop me from talking about this. <laughs> so I'm looking at this thing. They've been waiting for 18 kabillion years, right, but yeah. And these things ain't cheap, brother. No. Uh, five, 500 a year, or is that pounds. 500 plus pounds. So 500 plus pounds, but By the way, I bought a car for less than that in my lifetime. <laughs> All right. So I'm looking at the stats on this thing. It's got the uh uh it's got a 1.2 gigahertz dual core processor, Radeon HD RX card, DDR3 memory, USB two, uh and a gig- and a gigabyte Ethernet. I'm looking. I'm thinking to myself, five hundred dollars would get you a real nice modern motherboard. That would that would stomp stomp this thing in the dust. Okay, so what this must have in it is special flavors and sauces and sprinkled uh, goodies. The Amiga stuff to make it awesome because just looking at the raw power of it, it doesn't seem like it's, it does. It it's worth 550 bucks. So somebody somewhere, maybe in the comments below or via email, send me a, a give. Tell me why this is the king dong. Because do you know boat?
0: Well, I don't know that it's the King Dong as much as it is a machine that's being manufactured in very limited quantities compared to something like an Intel board where they make 42 kajillion of them. So right. the, the, the the volume's so high that they can make them super cheap. I think the fact that this is a, a essentially a custom-made board adds a lot to the cost. Plus the fact that the guys that make these boards, you know, the
1: engineers behind this project, I'm sure they'd like to make a little money. Well, I'm not. Listen, you're missing my point here. I'm not saying it's not worth 550 pounds. All right, I don't know if it is, but I don't understand. I don't understand engineering these to, you know. I don't understand why you would be so far behind in the engineering of when you, you know, of these PCs. Like I don't understand how the, I don't understand how the software and the hardware intertwine, and why you have to use something like a Radeon card. That, those old Radeon cards and old memory and stuff. Like, why aren't you using DDR4? Well, I, you know? I,
0: I think it's because of the way that the, the, the evolution of this product is, has happened. Because I think it started out on, like, the Power PC architecture. Uh-huh. And I think that in order to not completely lose what they've already made and have to start from scratch... Because you got to remember, they're not just making this board for new customers. They're making this board for the already existing Amiga OS four software that's out there, and Mm. they don't want to. I'll tell you who you don't want to alienate is all the people that paid eight
1: thousand dollars for an X five thousand. That's that was my next question because I'm looking on here, and it says here that people that bought, like for example, the Lord Level Lord bought that X five thousand. We've seen it. We've seen it in action. It's a big deal. Okay. But those things cost the big bucks, and it says here they designed a low cost system. So, like, what does 500 pounds get you out of something that costs like thousands of pounds? Like, wonder what the wonder what the gulf is, and the difference between the two. One would wonder. Yeah, that we'll I never, cannot answer. But we'll like never I know I said, hopefully, answer. somebody somebody will leave us a comment or let
0: us yeah. know on the Discord what's going School
1: on. School me. I freely admit that I'm dumb, but
0: You no argument here. Hey, we'll take off on. you. Uh... Guess what, Aaron? When UAE, the granddaddy of uh of Amiga emulators, has hit a big milestone, UAE five Yeah. Aaron, uh you know, I don't use UAE. I don't think you really use UAE. Oh yeah. UAE, well I mean UAE's the UAE backbone. Is the, well it's the backbone. We don't use vanilla UAE, yeah, I that's guess right. I should say. Uh, but it is the like you said. It's the backbone of all of the emulators, whether you're using Amiga Forever or whether you're using um, uh, FSUAE. Uh, so what happens here is important. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the things that have happened here, I don't understand or don't apply dumb. to me as a gamer. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's worth checking out Winuae.net for all okay. of the uh, all of the updates. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, maybe a big thing. They've got Grease Weasel support now, so you can plug in, uh, you know, call your Paco. Grease Weasel device. Yeah, and, and, and get get greasing. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> Is that
1: what they call it? <laughs> that's what they call it when you're in the industry. You know, I want to say something here before we move on about when UAE boat. Think about it. Some guy said, you know, here's a thought. Let's emulate the most convoluted, like, wackiest, most tinkered with computer in all the land. Let's start from scratch. And someone did it. And lo, it came to pass that they actually, they pulled this sucker, pulled this cart across the finish line with 5.0. And it's a a brilliant, it's a brilliant project. I want to salute all the people that have ever contributed to WinUAE and made it simple for dummies like me and Boat to experience the amiga in 2023 without doing the triple ending, you'll recall both in the old days and, the, and it, it was difficult to say the least for me and you to even have a good time with the amiga before we even had amigas at the time and so this thing saved our bacon more than a little and we appreciate that's you right. guys
0: that's right all right aaron our next story this is uh this is very early days here and this comes to us from a photo by Vincent Perkins, who has attended a uh, a meeting here. I Wish that I would have uh, the park. I wish that I, uh, Oh, here we go. This is from the uh, Amiga. This is from AmiGang on the AmigaWorld.net forums. Okay, yeah. he went over to Ravi's event, kickstart uh, the kickstart UK event. Yeah, and check this out, Aaron. This is a prototype A600 Mini. Okay, this uh-huh. thing is called the A600 GS. And it's by AmigaKit. It looks like uh, this is a, uh, the the way it's described on this form is a Pi 0 size motherboard in a super tiny case with Ethernet, USBs, etc. There's no idea on price or license agreement when it's due. Uh, So nobody really knows much about this, but the picture does exist. Aaron, does the world need an A600 Mini?
1: Well, when I when you when I look at this, I don't think to myself like I've got an A I've got an A five hundred mini here, okay, mm-hmm. and it's we know what that is. I don't mm-hmm. think that's what this is. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is exactly, but I don't. I think this is. I'm guessing this is more along the lines of like the standalone vampire, something like that. That's my guess. But who knows? Uh, does the world need one? Sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah, make one. But I mean, I don't know what's going to be in there. I mean, if it has Ethernet and stuff, that'd be cool. I mean, I I like that. You know, A500 Mini doesn't have that. So Mm -hmm. if they're making like a jacked up version, that'd be okay too. Amy Kent, we like their stuff. They're another outfit that we've uh, leaned on over the years. Uh, It's funny, but during our time doing this show, we've leaned on a lot of people. (laughs) <laughs> all a, i do is lean we've leaned on everyone and so that's another way I, I, I like i like amiga kit too they they do good stuff so uh um we'll have to wait and see i don't know what it is uh but i am enticed and interested in seeing what what comes out of a boat
0: yeah yeah next up aaron we have a new book has been released uh this is called uh the uh it's called a uh, demo scene the logo art Okay Ooh. this is this is the first book dedicated to logos and their creators for all demo scenes so this is not just for the Amiga this is for all the computers and even some of the consoles i didn't even realize consoles like the nes and the super nintendo had demos uh, I've certainly never seen any. I, actually, I guess when I think about what's on my uh, EverDrive cart, it did come with some demos. Maybe I have to check those out. Yeah, but
1: I've seen some what, of the Genesis too. So yeah, what
0: people are into, Aaron, is not just the demo, but that that the what greets you, the logo of the people that make the demo. Do you remember some of those classic logos,
1: Aaron? I well, no, not really. But I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. They were listen. I i never in my wildest dreams would have thought of this book. I never would have thought about it. I never even th- thought twice about it. But as I looked at the pages of it here, they've got little sample pages you can look at. These are kind of neat. They're definitely, like, uh, uh, they're definitely interesting. I'm sure. I have no doubt that if I went through this book, I would see many. They would jar my mind for the many, many times I pirated something. Uh, you know, so it would be cool. But it looks good. Uh, uh, and, uh, of course, it looks like it's a high quality book here. Oh this is yeah, your, this, this is, is your table, your coffee table type book. Right, here, exactly.
0: This thing weighs five pounds. Uh, it is written in English. Uh, it's got it's offset printed. That's what you have to look for. You've got to look for offset printing. If you if it's not offset, it's not going to look. It's not going to. What does look that mean? Is that
1: it's like so it's not it get to It has to the like, page?
0: Yeah, it has to do with the 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 process on which the the text of the images are put onto the page. Yeah, it's not it's not like when you get a print on demand book. It's essentially yeah. a really nice you know inkjet printer that that makes those books. This is this is like the professional printing press and a five um, pound
1: book. You could yeah. kill a guy with this book. That's easily. right.
0: I'm really really surprised. This is as cheap as it is. This thing is is less than fifty dollars. Yeah, which that- for a, a book that's offset print that's in full color. Uh, that is in a four format which is like our like a letter size uh, like a regular sheet of notebook paper so it's a big book yeah uh, this is this is a great deal so pick this up and hey while you're at it these guys have also made books on just the Amiga demo scene there's demo scene the amiga years volumes one and two those are even cheaper at less than forty dollars
1: look at listen to this boat listen to this it says here it's got Matt Lamentation 300 dpi and it is machined varnished paper coated semi i don't know what this stuff means so you Listen, know it's good it is it, it has to be good
0: it has to be good boat's got a real problem with cheap paper
1: he did not yeah. like that that's a and that, so now i've picked it up so yeah, yeah. this might be fun and hey whenever i pick paper, up a book yeah. and i feel the cheapness of the paper i don't now care what out. it is i throw it in the trash what if it's like what if you go out and get a paper bag at like the local goodwill you're out that's toilet paper right there. That's what I use that for. It. Oh my God! All right, Aaron, right. we move on
0: to the last story of the of the the week. Uh, guess what? The world of retro computing is happening. Uh, it has just been announced. Our good buddy Frank from Retro Rewind sent me over this link. Uh, the World of Retro Computing will be a two day vintage and retro computing conference in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada uh they uh it will include hands-on vintage and retro computer and gaming displays special guest speakers vendors and more so uh, if you are over in canada make sure or even if you're not if you want to make the, the the journey north uh, this is going to be over at the Old Goody's Department Store, located at Eight Queen Street North in Kitchener. Look right uh, here; spot- you got
1: uh, Bill Hurd's going to be. It's already it's already plugging him, and of course Frank's going to be up there as well. So that's, that's right. So they've already got a guest list building up here. Retro Rewind, a platinum
0: sponsor of the event. So yeah, uh, make sure if if you make your way up to Canada to Ontario, say hi to Frank. And enjoy two great days of computing over at World of Retro Computing Expo.
1: This thing's a pretty big deal at Nibboat. I mean, like this is a big one, one of the big yeah. ones, right? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. If you look at if you look at some of the pictures from previous years, yeah. I mean, this is this is a serious event. Lots of people, lots of fun times. that venue uh, uh, looks
1: crazy. Look at that. It's like oh, yeah, a huge yeah. like space barn.
0: I don't know. I don't know if this one. This I think that this was at a different place. Yeah, this yeah. was at the, the Steckle Heritage Farm. I was gonna say I don't think the old Goody's Department Store looks <laughs> like this. <laughs> I'm just
1: saying that's a, that's tough to compete with when you're in a space barn. But this yeah. should be a lot of fun. I can tell you right now, Bo. And I think I can be comfortable when I say this. Frank from Retro Rewind and his crack staff—they don't go to any sort of—they don't go to any lukewarm kinds or festivals. They've got to be tippity top shelf before he comes in there and takes care of business. And I guess this is another time to say, listen, if you've got stuff and you're up there in Ontario, it's probably a good place to get it fixed. Added both bonus. That's right. And uh, you know? an anonymous source in the chat
0: also says that Dave Haney and Jerry Ellsworth will be in attendance. So. Oh, sweet.
1: Man, yeah. Jerry Ellsworth. I'm, of course, Dave Haney, you met briefly mm. and then uh, Jerry Ellsworth, I've been a big fan for a long time she was responsible for the old c64 chip back in the day just did the work on the Atari uh the Atari uh, uh handhelds back in the day and she's a uh, science uh project guru extraordinaire big fan of hers too. so those are all that's a great guests, boat I love it that's gonna do it for the news Aaron you know, before we move out of the news, we you know, I don't remember were we here. I think we, the Ravi show had happened while we were out. So congratulations yeah. to Ravi on his big show boat. What was the name of that show? Do you remember off the top of your head? Kickstart. 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 Yeah, that was like show. it looked like um mega successful. Like they were hanging for the rafters at this thing, boat. Oh yeah. That's... And not to mention the after hours dance party. Oh, Things man. got crazy. I saw things here I don't ever need to see again when I saw the, some highlights of that. So, yeah, that looks like pretty good, Boat. Um, let's talk about briefly what's been going on while we've been gone. I'm going to go into everything we've been up to, but just a couple things I want to talk about because I think they're sort of pertinent. Uh, you know, Boat briefly mentioned the, uh, uh, the Amiga Game Jam that's going on right now. Uh, you are literally down to the your, the last couple days to vote on the Amiga Game Jam. This is Amiga Kami's Game Jam, so I want to mention it. I did a little rundown of all the games that are involved in this thing. Vote uh, if you want to check them out, see which ones you like, which ones you don't like. Here's a newsflash: they're all, they're all, they all range from pretty interesting to solid gold money. There's no duds. It's not like me and you did a tic-tac-toe game or something. These are gold, so I highly recommend you check those out. And, of course, if you uh, missed uh, Amigos for the last month, it's been arcade gold the whole time. The last thing I'm going to mention is that we did, in fact, call wrestling last Saturday. If you're interested in seeing the show, it's over on the Amigo stream team, uh, up and ready for you to watch. There you go, Boat. All right. Aaron, what do we got coming up next week? Let's find out. Atomics. 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 That's, that could be anything. Well, it's a
0: puzzle game. <laughs> oh,
1: but it could have been anything. You can't deny it, it, that.
0: With a name like Atomics, it literally could have been anything. It is <laughs> yes, a puzzle sir. game. It features Einstein on the title screen. so Hey, not bad. Yeah, at least we'll be in good company. We'll be we'll be killed in this puzzle yeah. game, is what you're saying. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for coming back after our long, long time off. We will see you next week. And until then, adios. Adios amigos is made possible by contributions from listeners like you patreon supporters help choose the games we play receive exclusive magnets and get access to the amigos retro gaming discord server visit patreon.com slash amigos podcast if you'd like to support the show and join our community